Journey Church. Man. I am always so honored to be here. For those who don't know me, my name is Junior. I get to be one of the teaching pastors. And I just want to say this summer, my family and I have gotten the opportunity and the privilege to teach here pretty often. And I just want to let you guys know, man, it means so much to us. Like, Journey, this place really is special. You guys really are awesome. And I just want to say thank you guys for allowing our family. Can, can we give a shout out to our pastors, Scott and Raquel? They are just some of the most amazing people you will ever meet. So we're excited that we get to be here. And, and can you guys also help me welcome those over at Boyan and Church at Home? Come on, we're glad that you guys are with us. And Journey, I want to let you know, so last week I was hanging out over at the Boynton campus. And I just want to tell y'all, Boynton is a rowdy campus, okay. Boynton is rowdy. We'd be sitting there, I was in the front row, and we shout back to the screen, okay. Like, if the preaching is good, we like, come on, pastor, preach it, hallelujah, amen. Come on, I'm just telling y'all right now, pastors preach better when you respond, okay. I think you receive better. When you respond, you're engaged, okay? So if you feel the urge to say hallelujah, amen, a laugh, you have the permission. And right now, I could tell you this. Right now in Boyan, they are probably shouting, saying hallelujah, amen, to the screen. And I was sitting there, and I'm like, well, well Junior, you know they can't hear you at Lake Worth, right? But then I realized I don't shout back just for Lake Worth. I shout back to the Lord because the Lord we serve is amazing, right? So come on, right now, Lake Worth Boy, and let's give God a shout of praise. He deserves it. He's earned it. He's amazing. Man, I'm excited to be here. And by the way, we started this incredible new series called Seen. And it's on Pastor Will's book. By the way, Pastor Will is an incredible guy. I got to serve alongside of him here at Journey Church. And now he's also an author. He wrote a book. I know an author, y'all. I just think that's really cool. And I got to tell you, Journey, I thought about being an author once. Did y'all know that I thought about writing a book? I did. I got, I got a story to tell. But then I remembered I am awful with exclamation points, commas, colons, semicolons, uh, all them little things, periods, all of those things. If I wrote a book, it would be a 168-page sentence. Don't nobody want to read that because y'all would be just lost. Is he pausing or stop? I don't know what he's doing. But Pastor Will is a great author. And this book that he wrote is actually really, really good. I love it. And I'm honored that I get to be part of this series because the whole purpose of his book is he's talking about healing anxiety and depression through the power of connection. Right, so it's healing anxiety and depression through the power of connection. And see, I realize that today, in today's age, we have a lot of people that are dealing with anxiety, depression, fear. And, and what we're doing is we're turning to a substance instead of turning to a savior. And I think that God is calling us to turn to a Savior. Because what I've realized is this. Our Savior says one thing. Hey, the most important commandment is what? Love the Lord with all your heart. And what was next? Love your neighbor as yourself. And that one is equally important. So what he's saying in this book is this. Guys, you don't need a substance. You need a Savior. You don't need a substance. You need community. And if you will get together in community with some people... You can find some healing from that depression that you're dealing with. And so he actually explained to us how we have two sides of our brain. You have an emotional side 
and a logical side of your brain. And when you go through trauma or something really difficult, there's this dispairing, right? So where despair comes from. There's this dispairing in your brain. So what happens is that all the blood starts to rush to the emotional side of your brain. And that's why sometimes when you're bringing logic to somebody, they can't register it. Why? Because they're so emotionally charged that when you're speaking logic, they can't comprehend it. So what he taught us last week is sometimes we need to meet emotion with emotion, right? When somebody is emotional, instead of giving them logic, we need to meet emotion with emotion. We need to meet people right where they're at. And then once we meet their emotion with emotion, they actually calm down, then we can give logic. See, the Bible puts it like this in Romans 12, verse 15. It says this, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn or weep with those who weep. So simply put, here's what we're called to do. Put yourself in their shoes. Put yourself in their shoes. Feel what they are feeling. I'll give you an example. Let's say that you have a teenager, right? And let's just say that your teenager just got dumped or broken up with, whatever the popular right term is for that, okay? So your teenager is in middle school and somebody just broke up with them. Now, in the back of your mind, because you are experienced, you're probably thinking, it's middle school love anyway, it wasn't going to last. You're going to get your heart broken many more times before this ends. I didn't even like him no way. He had an attitude. I am glad he left you. In the back of your mind. In the back. Because we're good people. We would never say that, right? <laughs> and if you do, we need to change that, okay? Come on, Journey. Some of y'all be like, I'm glad he broke up with you. Praise the Lord. We don't do that around here because we understand. So here's what we need to do instead. Instead, this is what we need to do. God, God is saying, do you remember when you got broken up with? Do you remember how you felt rejected? Can, can you hone back in that emotion? See, God reminded me. He was like, Junior, do you remember when you got dumped? Remember the Usher songs, Let It Burn? Because we all got slow songs we go to. Come on, somebody, right? Come on, some of y'all, some of y'all are listening to country music. Listen, I don't know a good one, but here's the thing. Any one of them will do. They all said, every one of them, somebody leaves you and the dog's leaving next, right? I'm saying that at the end of the day, he's saying, do you remember what it was like listening to slow songs and crying when that person left you? And God said, so when this happens, channel in the emotion. Remember what it felt like. And when you do, then you go back to that 15 or 14-year-old and say, hey, listen, I know how you feel. I know what it's like to be dumped. I know what it's like to be left, and it hurts. And here's the thing. I'm going to pray for you, and if you need anything, let me know. Much better response, isn't it? So what God is saying is he's like, listen, you need to weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. We need to learn how to channel in the emotion. Come on, turn to your neighbor, tell them, channel in the emotion. 1 Corinthians 10.13 puts it like this. It says, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. So God is saying, here's the thing. The circumstance sometimes could be different, but the emotion, the temptations, the things that we all walk through, there's no difference. We walk through the same things. The situation is different, but we always fear, whether it's, it's fear or rejection or anger, the emotion is the same. And this is what I love about God. God allows us to go through stuff so that we can help others. Right? Come on. In 2 Corinthians 1.4, it says this. He comforts us in all of our troubles. Why? 
so that we can comfort others when they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort that God has given us. We need to comfort people first. Come on, sometimes we, we look at our pain and we minimize it or we look at our pain and think it's not important. Guys, your pain is your greatest gift to others. Sometimes we just need to reframe our pain and use it to help somebody else, right? But, but we need to comfort people first, okay? And I'm talking to us right now, Christians. Sometimes we are too quick to throw scripture at people. Okay, sometimes, Chris, I'm t- listen, scripture is great. But sometimes we are too quick to throw scripture at people. Somebody tells you, hey, man, I just lost my job. And you're like, but here's the thing. God says all things work together for the good. And you have all power and glory in Jesus' name. How do you feel? I'm still scared. I'm still scared. Anybody ever have somebody throw scripture at you and like, I'm still nervous. (laughs) That did not change my fear. I'm still scared right now. You didn't meet me in my emotion first. You just threw scripture at me. And, And so Pastor Will put it in this way, and this is biblical, and I love it, and we'll see that in the Bible later. But he said this, the first thing we need to do, church, is we need to show up. And I love it. He called it the ministry of presence. Sometimes people don't need your logic, they just need you. Sometimes all we need to do, Journey, is show up. The second thing he said is we need to slow down. See, see, sometimes we'll show up, but we'll be on our phone texting, we'll be busy, right? Have you ever realized that, even, they teach you this in business, but you need to mirror the people that are around you. If somebody is sitting back and they are relaxed and somebody's moving around them like this, you just be like, hey, stop moving. You're making me anxious, right? You need to show up. You need to slow down. And then you need to listen. You need to listen. See, sometimes, right, and I've been guilty of this, somebody is trying to tell you why they're feeling what they're feeling and in my own mind, I'm like, okay, well, while they are talking right now, I got to think of something really good to encourage them. Uh, what's good, right? Missing everything they are saying. And God says, don't be thinking about a good thing to say, listen well. Because then you'll know what to say. So we need to show up, slow down, listen, and then see them. See, what happens when we listen to people, we see them. See, Somebody was telling me the other day that, that psychologically, when we hear stories, and that's why we share a lot of stories at Journey, when we hear stories, we actually tend to put ourselves in the story. Whether we realize it or not, we end up putting ourselves in the story, and we feel what they feel. And my wife's a teacher, and she's awesome, and she was like, do you know that's what kids do, right? She's like, that's why, like, my son would be watching Ninja Turtles and be like, I'm Donatello. I'm going through a tunnel right now. I'm about to kill Schrader, and it's going to be awesome, right? We do this. Now, I don't do it as much when I'm older. It's kind of awkward. If I would have came out and I'm like, I'm Donatello. I'm going through a tunnel right now. That's just weird. But what I'm saying is when we hear stories, we put ourselves in them. So when we listen, we can start to understand what they're going through. And then here's the thing, church. Then speak life. Then speak life. Then you understand what they're walking through. Then speak life. And I added one more. And walk alongside of them. Sometimes we'll speak life, we'll do this, and then we'll just disconnect. The last part I think is very important. Church, we need to walk alongside of them. See, church, we need to stop throwing spiritual grenades. Okay? Do y'all know what a spiritual grenade is? Y'all don't know what it is? 
you're going to take a whole bunch of scripture, throw it at somebody and be like, good luck. <laughs> they get even more anxious. What was that? Right? I said, we need to stop throwing spiritual grenades. We need to start meeting people right where they are. Because in that moment, they don't need your words. They need you. So what we need to do is we need to show up. We need to slow down. We need to listen. We need to see them. We need to speak life. And then we need to walk alongside of them. And so this week, that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about what does it feel like and what does it look like to be seen by one another. And the title of my message today, Journey, is I See You. Go ahead, turn to your neighbor, Tom. I see you. Say it again, because I don't feel like y'all saw them for real. <laughs> that was weak. <laughs> Come on, boy. <laughs> turn to your neighbor, Tom. I see you. Come on, now turn to your second choice and tell them, do you see me? <laughs> You're right there. But ask them this question for real, Journey. Say, do you see me? Thank you. <laughs> Did you know that I lost somebody last week, but I'm not talking about it because it hurts too much? Did you know, did you see that I've been crying about my kids all week because they used to love Jesus and now they started to drift away from God and, and it's breaking my heart and I'm anxious so I haven't really been able to, to relax much because I'm consistently thinking about my kids. Did you see that I've been so anxious over the past few months that I actually haven't been able to sleep at night? I, I know I smile on Sunday. I, I know I'm smiling when I'm here, but, but did you see, did you know that I haven't slept in months? Did, did you see that I've been dealing with some health issues and I know I should talk about them, but I don't want to burden anybody with them. I, I know so many people are dealing with so much, but if I could be honest, my health issues scare me. I, I actually don't know how to deal with them. D did you see that when my child went to rehab, I've been taking care of my grandkids and, and I've been struggling because there's four of them, and, and I don't really know what to do because I have to work and take care of my grandkids while I'm praying for my child that's in rehab. It's been so difficult. Did you see that a week ago I got an eviction notice on my door because it's so expensive to live here in Florida that I haven't been able to make ends meet? And because of that, I've been so anxious. I know that I'm smiling at church. But, but did you see? Journey, where can we be real? Like, do you have a person that you can actually go to where you can actually tell them what's really going on in your life? See, that's the reason why, Journey, we always talk about small groups and people getting together. Because here's the thing, you're not called to walk through it alone. And the reason why we're running to substances and not a savior is because we're trying to hold on to these things and carry it ourselves. And we were never designed to do that. And, and see, you may hear all the things I say and say, Junior, those are... Those were, those were, that's a lot. Those were some deep scenarios that you threw out there. And I just want to tell you that when I was here every single day, right, full time, I'm, I'm the teaching pastor here, but I was here every single day. Um, the Journey team actually prays over all of your prayer requests. Everything that you write on a connection card, I just want you to know it gets prayed for, okay. So I would sit there and read some of these prayer requests. 
and I would start tearing up. And I would be deeply troubled. So much so that sometimes I would actually call the person on the connection card just to let them know that I see them. Just, hey, man, listen, I, I, I see what you're walking through. I'm so sorry. Let's pray. And, hey, what can we do to walk alongside of you? And I just want you to know, Journey Church, every single one of the things I just mentioned were something that one of you wrote down on a connection card. Do you see me? Do you see me? Because, see, Galatians 6.2 says this, share each other's burdens, and in this way, obey the law of Christ. Guys, we're supposed to share each other's burdens. Do you see me? And here's the thing. The truth is, you can't see everybody, right? I mean, we've got thousands of people in this church. You can't see everybody, but you can see somebody. You can see a few people. You can see some people and see them enough to show up in their lives, slow down, listen to what they're going through, see them, speak life, and then walk alongside of them, right? And see, Jesus actually models this in the Bible. Did you know that? Jesus actually models this in the story of Lazarus. And that's where we're going to park today. We're going to read John chapter 11, and we're going to look at the story of Lazarus. And just for those who don't know much about this story, Lazarus dies, okay? And his sisters, Mary and Martha, are weeping and they're mourning. And, and by the way, this is the same Mary and Martha who, when Martha was busy cooking, Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus. I love Mary. Come on, she was just Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus, taking it all in. I think that tells us a little bit about their personalities, by the way. But, but I want you guys to see how Jesus interacts with them and how he met emotion with emotion in John chapter 11. So we're going to start here in John chapter 11, verse 7. I want to highlight this first point, verse 7 and 8, then we'll jump down to 16. It says this, finally, Jesus, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea, but his disciples objected, Rabbi, they said, only a few days ago, the people of Judea were trying to stone you. Are you going back there? I, lo I love Thomas's response because it reminds me of some of us when we say let's go do something. This was Thomas's response. John eleven sixteen 16 says this. Thomas, nicknamed the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let's go to and die with Jesus. <laughs> he says, Let's just, Jesus always trying to get a brother killed around here. I don't know. Let's just go with him, right? The reason why I mention this scripture is because, Journey, I want you to know this. Sometimes showing up is going to cost you something. See, sometimes you just, oh, if it's convenient, I will help them. No, 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 no. Jesus and the disciples were told they would be stoned. But they saw a need and were willing to get out of the comfort zone and go help, Right? Let's jump down to verse 20. It says, when Martha got that word, or got word that Jesus was coming, she went to go meet him. But Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, and I need you to see what she says. Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. But Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? Do you believe this? 
And I want you to see that Jesus met her where she was. She spoke, he spoke back, okay? He asked her, she asked and said, Jesus, if you would have been here, she's speaking to him, and Jesus is speaking back. He's meeting her right where she is. Now I want you guys to see Mary's response. And, and for some reason, in my mind, when I picture Mary, I just feel like she's more ex emotionally expressive is a better term I could use, right? I feel like Mary, do we know any emotionally expressive people? Some of us, it's our kids, right? My son, sometimes he is so dramatic, but he's funny when he does it, right? So, so I feel like Mary, for some reason, is more emotionally expressive. And I want to show you that real quick. If we go back, John 11, verse 2, it says this. This is the same Mary who later poured out the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Now, now this perfume was worth a year's wage. So think about somebody's annual salary. She fell at the Lord's feet, poured out the perfume, and wiped his feet with her hair. Emotionally expressive, and I love that about her. So, so let's see how Jesus responds to Mary when actually the same statement is being made. Let's look at it. This is verse 30, John 11. It says, Jesus had stayed outside of the village at the place where Martha met him. When the people who were at the house consoling Mary saw her leave so hastily, they assumed she was going to Lazarus' grave to weep. So they followed her there. When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, same thing. If only you had been here, my brother would not have died. And when Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him, and he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him, he asked. They told him, Lord, come and see. And then it says, the shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. Jesus wept. I need you guys to see this. Because Jesus is actually modeling this. With Martha, she spoke, he spoke. With Mary, she fell at his feet weeping, and Jesus wept. I want you to know that you have a Savior who feels what you're feeling. I want you to know you have a Savior, savior that cares enough to meet you where you're at. See, with Martha, he speaks. With Mary, he weeps. So when you are speaking, he will speak. When you are weeping, he will weep. You have a Savior that will show up. And meet you right where you're at because he loves you, right? So I want you to see how he did this. Jesus did what? First, he showed up. Even at the cost of being stoned, Jesus showed up. And then he slowed down. He gave them his undivided attention. He, when they spoke, he wasn't busy doing anything else. He was there. He showed up. He slowed down. And he listened. He listened. When he saw Martha say what Martha said, he responded to what she said. He listened. He saw them. He saw them. It said when they were weeping, man, Jesus. Here's the interesting thing. Jesus already knew he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. But in that moment, he is so in the moment with you that when you weep, he's weeping. He saw them. And then he spoke. They went over to the grave. He spoke, and he brought Lazarus back to life. Now, here's the thing that I need y'all to know, Journey Church, is that not, when he raised him back up to life, this is what you need to know. 
Jesus was known as a healer before that. But Jesus came in, and when he spoke Lazarus back into life, what he wanted people to know is this. I'm not only the person that can physically heal you, I can raise you from the dead. I have power over sin and death. And whatever it is that you're going through. By the way, these baptisms that we just celebrated, that's exactly what we're doing. We're going from death to life. So Jesus is like, I want to show you that I'm a savior that will show up and I will bring dead things in your life back to life. That's the savior that we serve. Right? He cares that much. Showed up, slowed down, listened, saw them, spoke life, and walked alongside of them. And see, Jesus modeled this really, really well. And see, the other day, I just want to, and my kids were walking through Okay, before I, before I say this, you got to know how I grew up, okay? I was raised by a single mom of five kids. My mom wasn't really the emotional one, okay? My mom was the person that, like, when I said, Mom, I got a bully messing with me at school, she didn't say, Honey, I'm so sorry. How do you feel about this bully? She gave me a bat and said, Swing it. Don't let that boy mess with you no more. Don't let, true story, swing it. Don't let that boy mess with you, right? So, so for me, that's how I respond sometimes. So, so my kids, I came home, it was late at night, and, and they were nervous, okay? For, for some strange reason, my kids have had this, this thing where lately they've been nervous of somebody breaking into our house or being kidnapped. And I got to tell you guys, at first, I failed. I didn't meet emotion with emotion. I responded the way that I knew how to respond with logic. Guys, daddy works hard so that you could be in a neighborhood where you don't have to feel worried about getting broken into or being kidnapped. Now where daddy grew up, you should have been afraid. But I wasn't because I had a bat. But the reality is, I responded with, have you ever responded to your kids with logic? Why are you afraid? I don't get why you're scared. Has anybody ever kidnapped you before? Have you seen anybody ever break in? I didn't know what to do. I wanted to help them, but I didn't understand why they were afraid. But then God reminded me. He said, son, do you remember when you were afraid? Mm. Comfort us to comfort others. Do you remember when you first moved out to the acreage? Which, by the way, we live out in the acreage. It's dark out there, and there are lions. True story. <coughs> True story. <laughs> Do you remember when you first moved out to the acreage, and you would take out the trash at night, and you couldn't see anything, and you would hear a lion and feel so vulnerable and say, if they sneak up on me right now, it's over. And then I realized that our house was so dark that somebody actually spoke the words. He's like, by the way, you need to light up your house because if your house is dark, people can break in. You're more likely to get broken into because they realize that nobody's going to see them. And I remember when somebody spoke those words over me, I was nervous, okay. I was like, man, I need to light up my house. I bought all these lights for the house. By the time they got there on Amazon, I forgot to put them up. My wife just recently put them up. True story. But, but here's the thing. God reminded me. Junior, do you remember? And guys, I channeled in the emotions so well. And by the way, I got to tell you, do not 
do not channel in the emotion too well, okay? I channeled in their fear so well about somebody breaking in that I'm like, in case they are prophesying, I'm going to go get a bat from the garage real quick. Ask my wife. I slept with a bat right next to the bed. I said, in case this is not just fear and they're prophesying, God speaks to the little children. I said, just in case, I'm, your boy's going to be ready, okay? You ain't going to sneak up on me like that. I got nervous. And I got to tell you guys, when God reminded me to channel in that emotion, a different junior showed up. A different junior showed up. Now I got to tell you guys, I showed up understanding and I slowed down. I said, guys, daddy's been afraid before. And then I realized sometimes, you, you know the reason why I respond with logic, and this is personal for me, I don't know if this is your case, but God was showing me, he's like, sometimes the reason why I dismiss with logic is because I don't have the time to deal with their emotion right now. Hey, I ain't got time for your emotion right now. Bring it up when it's more convenient, which is never. But, but I ain't got time. So I'm just going to give you some logic. Figure it out. And in that moment, God reminded me. And so I showed up. I slowed down. Nothing was more important in that moment than my kids. I wasn't looking at my phone. I wasn't distracted as I normally would be. I slowed down. I listened to them. I started understanding, I'm so logical sometimes that I'm like, tell me why you're afraid. There's got to be a reason. Is it something you watch? Is it Like, what is it? Tell me why you're, I don't know. You have to know. But then I realized there are times when I'm just afraid. There are times when I'm just anxious. There are times when I'm just angry. And in that moment when they said, I don't know why I'm afraid, I'm just afraid. Guys, daddy's been afraid before too. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray together. Mama is awesome. She has on their wall and has them remember, for God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And so they spoke that over themselves. We prayed over them and said, here's the thing. We're going to sleep right outside or sit right outside of your room tonight. And we won't go to our room until you fall asleep. And Journey, I started asking myself, what if we started really seeing people? What if, instead of dismissing their emotions because it's not convenient for us, what if we would show up for people, slow down because they matter, listen to what they're really feeling. Speak life into what they're feeling. And then walk alongside of them. I started realizing that if we did that, our world would be a better place. We would have less people running to substances, doing crazy things. Like sometimes I would watch things on TV and, and get angry at the person that just did this terrible thing. And God started challenging my heart and he's like, Junior, instead of getting mad at what was done, ask the question, I wonder what he was feeling that made him do this. And God said if we would start seeing people more and loving people more and meeting people where they're at more, his power would flow through in such a miraculous way. Guys, we would see our children and people 
really find freedom from this anxiety and depression that they're walking through. Sometimes we just need to be heard. And so Journey Church, my prayer is that in the coming days, weeks, and months, that we would show up for people. That we would slow down. That we would listen. That we would see them and speak life. And that we would walk alongside of them and not just let them fight these things on their own. Jesus said we're not called to do this alone. We're called to do this together. And so that's my prayer for us during the church. I believe if we do that, great things are going to come. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much. God, I thank you that you comfort us so that we can comfort others. God, I thank you that, Lord, you didn't just go back to Judea where you could have been stoned. You left the pristine environment of heaven and came down to earth to see us, to walk with us, to love on us, to challenge us, to share with us, and to give us eternal life. God, we're so grateful that you gave up so much because you love us. And God, my prayer today, can we love people in that way? Can we love people enough to slow down? Can we love people enough to leave our comfort? We can't see everyone, but God, can we see someone? There's so many people hurting right here with us in this room. God, I pray that we would leave our comfort as you did. And that we would show up like you did. And that we would listen like you did. And that we would see like you did. And then speak life and walk alongside of people like you did. God, we are so grateful for how much you gave up to have a relationship with us. And we just flat out love you. And we thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. In Jesus' mighty name I pray.